Okay guys, it appears that W Series is doing real well out there, so let's look at what other opportunities there might be for diversity in motorsport. What about the LGBTQ plus community? Uh, how about gay racing? The gay pre? Oh man, no, no way. Uh, how about Formula LGBTQ plus? Uh, no, people were confused out with the MGBGT championship. Campos racing? Look, I'm gonna stop you right now. Wait, I've got it! A race series for people in North America who've changed gender. I like it! What do we call it though? How about Transam? Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, she's Sarah. Hello. Hey, Zog. Hello. And how are we, gang? Sarah, you good? I'm well, thank you. I'm very good. We've had a little bit of respite today from the hot weather, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. It was actually raining at one point, which is great for the grass and great for all of us. Hey, we need that. How about you, Z? You managing to stay comfortable? Yeah, I never complain about the heat because I don't like being cold and wet, so... Despite the fierce heat wave, we haven't yet reached that point at which I'm going to start complaining about it. Yeah, exactly. I've been lounging in the sun, enjoying picnics and drinks with friends. So, yeah, I'm enjoying the heat rather than suffering it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely enjoying it, not complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm attitude. with you. Good I think you. we all like a bit of warmth. That's all right, isn't it? Sarah, did you lounge around as Zog was doing on a picnic blanket? Did you lounge around in front of the telly for the French Grand Prix? Yes, I did. On Sunday afternoon, I did, that's for sure. It was interesting, wasn't it, really? A bit of a heartbreak for some. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Did your heart bleed, Sarah, for Leclerc in the way that mine does? Because he's such a lovely guy. I don't want bad things to happen for him. No, of course. I mean, it was really disappointing and upsetting as well because it's the third time this year it's happened. And not only that, it would just be so nice for him to be a real title contender and just have one over Max Verstappen. Just to, I really like Leclerc. I've always really liked him and... It'd be good for Ferrari too, obviously, but particularly Leclerc, he is. He's such a lovely, likeable guy. He truly is, yeah. But he's a very good driver. Yeah. yeah, he's very good. It's a shame, really, because it's the third time this year it's happened, right? Yeah. Run me through exactly the mistakes he said he made. And the other endearing thing is that he takes a full responsibility yeah. for crashing out, So, which yeah, is good, yeah. and he's very hard on himself. So he's first to put his hand up and say look you know it was me they were trying to get the most out of the tyres as I understand it Zog that's right and they were right on the border of where the grip was and it just wasn't there and Leclerc overcooked it going into one corner and spun off and hit the wall that's it really isn't it yeah and in the end it was a driver error and you know we have seen a couple of mistakes from Leclerc and this one unfortunately is so costly at a race where Ferrari and Leclerc really needed to claw some ground back from Verstappen, from Red Bull, and they had a real opportunity to do it. They dropped the ball. Leclerc made you know, a small but critical error out on track, and then Ferrari compounded the problem by probably messing up Science's race, you know, he probably had a better result. Yeah, we, we, we can't be completely sure, but by faffing about the pit stop and then deciding to pit him after he'd made up a couple of places, 
they undid the good work that he'd done in gaining track position and probably if they'd just taken the five second penalty at the end of the race that you know they'd have ended up with a better position than the one they ended up with yeah horrible horrible weekend for ferrari yeah i mean they can take some solace from it they know they've got a very very quick car Science's drive from the back to where did he finish fifth in the end he could have possibly like you said fifth, had fourth yeah. if they'd just taken the penalty after the race rather than choosing to do it there and then and that stop just silly this is something that we've heard before you know historically Ferrari are famous for dropping the odd bollock which I believe is the technical term for it and not having the right tyres not being able to stack the cars because they haven't thought about it you know they suddenly go full keystone cops don't they when they're in with a shout for a win it all seems to crumble and I hate to say that they should be the best team in Formula One are they Sarah? Ferrari well they certainly are, you'd say, this year, but they're not winning all the races that they should. They may have one of the quickest cars, but are they the best team? Oh, there you go. That's a good point. You know, you've got to admire the way that so many other teams manage with pitiful budgets, talking about Alfa Romeo and Williams and even Haas. You know, they conduct themselves really well. Mercedes, it's very rare for them to make a mistake. and When they make a mistake, they admit it and they deal with it don't they and Red Bull don't seem to make mistakes so right across the field you've got a huge spectrum of abilities who is the best who is the worst who are the worst teams are who are the worst team in Formula 1 what an awful thing to hear worst team at the moment oh crikey uh, oh. the worst team oh, I hate to say it oh no I can see you really, really thinking about this. I'm loving this. I am, yeah, because I don't really want to be unfair to I don't want to tire anybody. I was going to say Williams, probably, at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. They're showing signs of improving and, you know, dragging themselves back up. But Could it be Aston Martin? Are the back-of-the-grid teams, you know... Uh, well, again, Aston Martin are consistently finishing better than Williams, for example. So I don't think you could say that Aston Martin are worse than Williams. They've had a few missteps yeah it is terrible to say but worst team probably is Williams at the moment we hate saying that we love Williams hate saying that yeah because we love him yeah Album showed some real pace over the weekend was it over practice or even qualifying at one point he seemed to have that car completely under control and I was very pleased to see that he's showing a bit more form at the moment and when Latifi is again not but maybe having Latifi as a teammate is slightly flattering him at the moment uh, yeah yeah Ooh. but good to see that Alvin is performing decently well let's hope he can carry on building on this but we haven't seen anything quite like we had a couple of races ago when that little burst of Alban mania but he's putting in a respectable show in the car this year at least Sarah, I reckon your focus might actually move slightly from McLaren towards Williams next year because this week Mercedes, who own Nick de Vries's contract, said that they would be willing to loan him to another team. Oh, is it? No, no, it's not Mercedes, is it? Forgive me. Hang on, I'm confusing two people. Nick DeVries, isn't he in the E-Electric cars? He won Formula E last year, but he's also had a drive for Mercedes. He did the first practice session this last Friday instead of Lewis and acquitted himself Mm. very well. Not as quick as George, but not far off. But what I was trying to say was that Renault who own Oscar Piastri's contract have said that they are 
open to the idea of loaning him to another team next year and the most likely position for him will be at Williams. So you'll have an Aussie driver at Williams, possibly replacing Latifi next year. So we'll all be Williams fans. Very good, yes. Am I still a Williams fan? I don't know if I am. I used to be when Damon was there. I liked it when Zanardi was there. Have I cared about Williams since then? Not really. Hate to say that, sorry. You tend to follow a driver, don't you? A lot of the time, but I do follow both. There are particular drivers that grab you and, you know, you sort of, your fandom follows them from team to team. But then also particular teams. I mean, I'm a McLaren fan. Yeah. I've been a Williams fan. You get it. You know, it's been a while since they've had anything to get me excited about. And so I don't think it's just because they're the British teams. The most British team, perhaps. The most British, yeah. I am a bit of a Ferrari fan. Yeah. Well, we all are. If we love motorsport, you can't uh, not yeah, love yeah, Ferrari. If you love F1, you love yeah. Ferrari. I'm a Mercedes fan. I love the way they go motor racing, and I think Toto's approach and the way he leads the team and the results he gets, you know, are just terrific. Yeah, I guess I'll take that top four. All right, then, moving away from who's the worst team in Formula One, my next question is, who is the most boring driver in Formula One? Now, I'll tell you who I think it is, and I don't think there's any competition. And hear me out when I say this. I think it's George Russell. And George Russell is boring for two reasons. Number one, he has the name of an estate agent, not a racing driver, right? If you're a racing driver, you're called something like Swiss Vincincicalo or something like that, right? Not George Russell. But George is actually the most boring because he always finishes in the top five. He is the most consistent driver on the grid boringly so and i say this with a smile a wry smile bless him he's all right isn't he good point yeah he's very consistent he has an incredible focus and work ethic i think he's really yeah he's he's beautifully focused on getting the best out of him and the team the package yep. he's working with if consistency is boring yeah he's pretty boring <laughs> although sarah there was one moment in the race where george was wide awake have you noticed how wide his eyes are George holds his eyelids really wide open he looks slightly startled all the time and I think that worked for him because on the final restart of the race he caught Perez napping it was incredible as soon as the virtual safety car ended George was almost already past Perez they timed it brilliantly I think that is a brilliantly I'm going to say brilliant again and again a brilliantly predatory moment from George Russell he was fierce I loved that that was the moment of the race for me it's like restart what he's already passed Perez already incredible beautiful bit of opportunistic racecraft there couldn't quite see whether Russell was just super on it whether Perez was half asleep but whichever it was yeah yeah Russell just completely nailed it Perez has been a real asset to Red Bull this year, you've got to say he's been a really tremendous, yeah. tremendous backup to Max Verstappen, which is a really tough gig. You know, we've seen how other very good drivers have struggled as teammate to Verstappen. Perez has been super strong, really getting results in, you know, the, the other result in the bag for Red Bull. But this weekend, he was a little bit of his game. But nonetheless, credit to Russell for pipping him towards the end of the race there and then getting 2-3 on the podium for Mercedes. It's funny, actually, at the same time that this race was a big success for Red Bull, you know, Red Bull's race, Max Verstappen won it, leapfrogged ahead in the Drivers' Championship and really made the rest of the season look like a 
pretty tough slog for Ferrari. Yeah. But despite it being a Red Bull race, for me, watching the race, you know, the whole of the first part of the race was a Ferrari story until Leclerc dropped it and they started to lose their way with science. And then the second half of the race, it's all a Mercedes success story. Yeah. You know, the team that at the start of the year were really struggling, you know, to everyone's surprise. Mercedes being the team that gets second and third on the podium. That was a huge result for them. Lewis seemed happy, didn't he, Sarah, after the race? Genuinely. I thought that too. He was genuinely very pleased with himself. But not only himself, but George Russell, I think, too. So he was on the podium with George Russell. I think Lewis Hamilton was very pleased to finally get a result with his car and be up there on the podium again. Yeah, I yeah. the first time both Mercedes have been on the podium this year. Yeah. It leads me to this record that Lewis is potentially still got a chance of breaking this year. There's some record about drivers who race beyond 300 races in Formula One. Lewis now has crossed that threshold. But no one has ever won a race beyond their 300th race. Can Lewis do it this year? Is there enough speed in that car? They're about a second slower than the Ferrari and the Red Bull. Could Lewis genuinely get that record this year? Oh, I think so. I mean, anything's possible with him. I'd say so. I'd like to think so, particularly since he did so well this weekend. But a lot of races are won by drivers when the cars in front seem to sabotage themselves, don't they? So you never know. Anything's possible. There was another very interesting stat on the weekend, and I'm sure you would have picked this up. And it's to do with my good friend, Fernando Alonso. He is your good friend, your close personal (laughs) friend, Fernando Alonso, yes. Do you know what he accomplished on the weekend? Um, Is it most laps led or something like that? It was the the most laps completed by Uh, any Formula One. Yeah, I don't know how many actually. I need to sort of go back and dig back in. But yeah, he's completed the most laps ever in Formula One. So... Well done, Fernando Alonso. And rightly so, he's pretty good and he's been consistently good for so long. Yeah, he's on form. So he doesn't lead the stats in terms of race starts, but he does lead in terms of laps led. Does he laps led? Oh, he's laps completed, definitely. Oh, sorry, laps completed, sorry, laps completed. That's something interesting. I'm not sure if Lewis is going to get a win. He's certainly closer now in a position to pick up a win if, like you say, the others in front of him sabotage himself, or if there's a wet race and it all goes a bit Pete Tong, those are the only circumstances under which I think Lewis will win a race this year. But you know what? I think George is equally likely to win. They're level now, aren't they? Lewis and George. But I think, I call them Lewis and George, first name terms, being close personal friends. Hmm. But George, I reckon, stands an equal chance of getting a win as Lewis. You're a betting man, Zog. How does it favour Lewis or George? Honestly, I don't think either of them will win a race this year. Yes, it could happen, but I think Lewis is actually more likely to win a race, and I'm sure he will win a race post his 300th start. Just not this season. Just not this season, yeah. yeah. I think it's more likely to be next season. I think it's a pretty safe bet that Mercedes will be closer in speed to Red Bull and Ferrari. Mercedes are more likely to have race-winning pace. I don't think Lewis is leaving the team 
in the next few months. So I think I think he's more likely to win a race next year. But between Lewis and George Russell, yeah, that's close. Will George Russell win a race in a Mercedes before Lewis does again? Let's find out what Sarah thinks of that. Who's going to win, George or Lewis first? Who's going to win if either of those two win a race this year? Who's it going to be, Lewis, or is it going to be George first? I'm not so sure. Are you talking about driver standings, or who's going to win an actual Formula One race this year? Yeah, if one of them was to win a race this year, which is it going to be? Uh, I'd say it's Lewis. Yeah, your money's on Lewis. Lewis. I agree. The same time that George Russell is an absolute bloody star. Yeah. Yeah, I still think Lewis has, with his extraordinary talent and his extraordinary experience now, yeah, I think he's got a bit of an edge. He was knackered after the race, or hot perhaps, because in the cool-down room, I've never seen this before, he lay on his back yeah. on the floor. Do you see that? He was like I did. trying to get totally horizontal, dude. I was disappointed that we didn't get more chat in the room, actually, because the commentators were being very good about not talking over what's going on in the room, and I really like listening into the conversations the drivers have in the cool-down room. Yeah. But they were actually hardly saying anything when the commentators were keeping quiet which was a bit of a disappointment yeah that was the big disappointment of the weekend for me not hearing yeah, I, driver yeah. chit chat in the cool down well it was almost as if they deliberately muted it because it started and you heard this interaction between one of the red bull team and max about something that had happened in the race and that sounded really spicy and then all the audio went yeah and there was no audio whatsoever that was cruel all right talking about cruel this could have been the last French Grand Prix at Le Castellet at Paul Ricard. There's no French Grand Prix in the... Uh, it's rumoured, I should say, that there's no French Grand Prix in the provisional schedule for next year. Castellet produces good racing, though, Sarah, doesn't it? It's a good circuit, the one that we're at now. Yes, so what are the future plans, then? I honestly don't know. No one's mooted anything. I have a suggestion where I think the French Grand Prix should go. Well, although you say where the French Grand Prix should go, there's nothing that says there has to be a French Grand Prix. True. Other than the fact that they invented this wonderful sport for us. Thank you very much, France. And, well, and Grand Prix is a French, French phrase, big prize. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, there's nothing in uh, Concord Agreement or any other agreement that says there has to be a French Grand Prix. And if it's not on next year's calendar, which is the rumour going around, yeah. apparently there is no French Grand Prix on the calendar next year. And no Spa as well, apparently. Spa isn't even pencilled in. Mm. I feel sorry for France because they've got two fine drivers on the grid at the moment. Two they and a half. They have a home race. They've got no, two, and a half. two and a half uh, good drivers. On the <laughs> Are we counting Leclerc as half French? We're counting Leclerc as half French, yeah. I would yeah. think rather than as half good. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's yeah. easily more than half good. We're not saying there's any Anything lacking in his ability, just the, yeah, but yeah, he's he's monogasque. He speaks French. He's half French, effectively. Do you know what I would do if I was franchise holder of the French Grand Prix? My bid for the French Grand Prix would be to run it at Le Circuit de la Sarre at Le Mans. Maybe not on the big circuit. Maybe on the Bugatti circuit, if that's a Formula One standard. But there were. Grand Prix run there in the late 60s, I think. One, maybe two, run on the Bugatti circuit. But can you imagine, just visualise for the moment, A, the difficulties of running the Grand Prix on the full 
24 hour of Le Mans circuit, the dangers involved against how incredibly impressive that would be, it's never going to happen, is it? Well, no, obviously, no, absolutely never. There's no, there's it's quite inconceivable you could have a Formula One race on the full Le Mans track. On a shorter layout, yeah, without using the public roads, I'm sure it would need a fair bit of work to get it up to F1 standards. But if, you know, if the will and the money's there, you can do it. And much as I would love the idea, they're much more likely to go to, let's say, Manicor, probably. Wouldn't that be the most likely? That's where they were previously, yeah, return there. If not there, yeah, I mean, if not there, where else? Is there a circuit at Clermont-Ferrand? As well, possibly. I don't know what other French circuits are operating. I'm a bit out of touch with French race circuits, I have to admit. I mean, the other previous French Grand Prix venues are all not in use anymore or one. Yeah, Reims. Reims, yeah, yeah. Reims, that's how you say it, forgive me. It's got to be Manicore, surely, yeah. But is it going to happen? It's presumably just a money thing, and the French Grand Prix is being crowded out of the calendar by younger, wealthier races that are flashing more money. Yeah, Las Vegas being Las the Vegas. prime candidate for that. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was a good atmosphere. I got a sense that the vibe at the circus at Le Castellet was really good. You could hear the crowds, there was flag waving, they seemed to be involved, and that was my idea of taking it to Le Mans for that reason. Because you would get an intelligent, informed motorsport audience at Le Mans. Would the locals at Le Mans come to watch a Grand Prix? Or would they know, oh, no, no, we like endurance racing. We're not supporting this fly-by-night Formula One, perhaps. I don't know. But there was a good crowd at Le Castellet. And the reason I think they pulled it from Mancours previously was that they couldn't attract people there. There was a very poor turnout so who knows what the future is the french grand prix where would we have it i'd have the french grand prix in wales <laughs> uh, <of> course. <laughs> and as we prepare for the inaugural french grand prix in wales le grand prix de pédégal let us now look at this new circuit the cars will start on the Cardiff Strait and turn immediately left into Eduvale Corner, then along the short Menai Strait before reaching the Sanidlois Complex, then left into Saint-Vaire-Vechin, then the Hollywell Airpin down to the Colwyn Bayside, the Bruxelles Chicane, then turn 9 into Saint-Trissant, then turn 10 into Saint-Rouge, then finally into Saint-Rouge, or Saint-Varpouche, Queen, Saint-Trissant, Sacrebeurs, this is impossible. Let's bloody well go back to Paul Ricard, or even Rim, or Rems. It's much easier to pronounce. How do you say it? I had to make all sorts of choices this weekend. There was actually too much motorsport on TV. We not only had Formula One, Formula Two, but we had W Series and a rather big race in America in Iowa, the IndyCar Championship. I love it when they race on ovals and it was the Iowa 300, which I enjoyed, but was slightly marred by uh, an unfortunate incident. Joseph Newgarden, who is a very good American Penske driver, 
had some sort of technical failure. Not sure if it's suspension, rocker arm, or don't know exactly, but it pitched him into the wall backwards. He had quite an impact. He was all right. They got him out of the car. He was interviewed. Yeah, I'm fine. Bit of a bash. Disappointing because he dominated the weekend. Just like Leclerc, he was leading the race convincingly and he'd won the race the day before as well. He was really in control. Terrible crash. Talked about it. He was fine. And then some hour or so later, he fainted in the circuit, fell over and cut his head. So they had to take him off to the local hospital for further checks. And he seems okay. And that is a testament to the strength of the Delara chassis that they race in IndyCar, that he was okay. But clearly it had some sort of concussion. But, but like I was saying, I had to make choices. I wasn't able to watch that race live, unfortunately, because I had to do other things. And I've been watching W Series, Formula 1, Formula 2. There was something has to give. Did any of us watch the W Series over the weekend? Is it really caught your attention Zog first to be honest no I've watched much less of W Series since the initial launch first year really I've watched bits of a couple of the races this year but I didn't watch this one my main sort of takeaway from what I've got from W Series this year is Chadwick is just absolutely dominating it again all credit to her but I think it doesn't reflect very well on W Series first of all that she's dominated it quite so much for the last couple of years since it started exactly since it started but hasn't got a drive anywhere else as a result if it's a series that's supposed to promote women drivers who aren't otherwise getting the experience and the exposure and Jamie Chadwick couldn't possibly have done any better really could she no but it hasn't led on to another open wheel drive for her so it raises some questions Mm. about the future of the series i think interesting sarah what's your view on chadwick my understanding is that someone that's doing so well as chadwick or the top three drivers they actually get license points don't they to, to work their way up the field yeah points were super lessons yeah yeah getting into those series those other girls like sophia floor she's in formula three at least i think but i know that she's been quite competitive there are a few girls that are sort of littered a little bit in some of those competitions but yeah i mean i'm surprised as well that Jamie's not being picked up. But I know that Williams have her as a test driver. Well, at least she was, but I assume she still is. So she is getting that exposure. I think they are trying to bring her on. It's intriguing because arguably of all the women racing in W Series, Jamie Chadwick, my distant cousin, possibly, (laughs) I have to say that, I'm contractually obliged to say that, full disclosure, as they say, had won national or international level competitions beforehand she's british gt champion wasn't she a few years ago 2015 first woman to achieve that and fantastic so she had this impeccable history of racing before she came to w series and we haven't heard of many of the other people racing in w series some of them but that's normal of course because it's an international race series and they're picking from national level champions really and i think it is doing its job in making us aware of quality female races but i think jamie chadwick is arguably the worst thing for w series because she is so far ahead of everybody else she's got what seven wins in a row now she's making it look easy and she's making the rest of the field look under talented oh well that's arguable i do think that she's super talented the other drivers are there for a reason but they almost need to move her on as we said earlier just into a new series and so it can then give the other girls a bit of a chance to step up 
I mean, they're for development, aren't they? So they're not necessarily going to really kill it. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the first yep. sort of instance. And if she vacates a seat, it gives an opportunity for another girl to get more experience, really. I wonder where she could go. She could go to Le Mans, couldn't she? There are lots of really successful women drivers at Le Mans. We'd welcome her, wouldn't we, Jamie Chadwick? And she has GT racing experience as well. Yeah. I'm sure she'd go very well, yeah. I wonder how she'd measure up in Formula 2. Well, she is winning quite a lot of prize money by winning the W Series. I'm sure a lot of the other girls wouldn't mind a chance to win the <laughs> million pounds, I believe it is. Is it that much? Uh, is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, I'm pretty yes. sure it's something like that. Let's have a little Google. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know. Heck, for a million, I think I'd be prepared to transition and enter the sport myself if they'd let me in. I don't know, is that possible? Okay. So, Jamie's total winnings from the W Series to date is one million, having collected the same prize money in 2019 because it's Half a million, I believe, US dollars to win the series. So she's won the last couple of years. So she's notched up a million American dollars. Well, good for her. So she'd be able to put on a nice little deposit on a nice home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, more than a deposit. Yeah. Yeah. Start a home in South London. I wrote to Annie Bradshaw, who does the PR for W Series, who's an old pal of mine. And I said, Annie, next time you talk to Jamie, will you find out her paternal grandparents' name? Because I think they may be my great uncle and auntie or something like that. I genuinely think that we could be related. I don't want to go on about this, but I need to know the answer. I'm waiting for Annie to come back because if my cousin is now worth a couple of million, I might arrange to have her bumped off and make sure that she's put my name on her will first. You know, we've got to think about this. I was going to say, you may have to go through a certain process of making sure that she is just (laughs) as interested in this possible familiar relationship as you are, Gareth. And you may have some work to do on that front. But, you know, but otherwise... Great plan. Yeah, this is absolutely solid. Jamie is not my favourite driver in W Series. You might expect her to be, but she's not, because my favourite driver in W Series is a woman with a name that, if you were going to invent a name for a female racing driver, this would be it. She's called... Emma Kimmelainen. I knew it was going to be Emma Kimmelainen. Yeah, exactly. Let's think of a name for a fictional European woman racing driver, given that all I know about motorsport is that there was some bloke called Kimi Raikkonen and that those Nordic types are fast. It's like she's taken Kimi Raikkonen and Heike Kovalainen and feminised it. Kimi Kovalainen and Kobe (laughs) Hovalainen, of course, the uh, (laughs) well-known rally driver. I'm sure there's a bunch of others. Ivy Kevalovan. Honestly, and she's good as well, actually. She's... uh, Harry Kevalovan. Really? You know them well. She's up and at him. She's in the fight. She's sort of running second and third, but there's still some distance to Jamie Chadwick. W Series. Whenever I see it, it's probably just me, but I want to call it Ooh Series because in Welsh, the letter W is... Ooh, not W. You don't look at it and go, oh, that's a W. You look at it and go, that's an ooh. So W series for me is ooh series. Ooh, exciting. Ooh. But there's something preventing it from being exciting. And that is the motors that they run in those Tatus W series chassis. Because they are obviously tuned down. They're four-cylinder engines. They don't sound fantastic. They tend to drone. It's like, it's a real downer. Yeah. 
And that, as we know, audio is a big part of making motorsport appear more exciting than it is. I would argue that they should, you know, try and find a one-litre three-cylinder, no, a one-litre 12-cylinder engine that runs at 19,000 RPM, something insane that sounds exciting. And it would make it seem more hysterical, more dramatic, and I think that would be a good thing. It's a bit of a drone. Maybe that's why you two are not watching it so much. It's got to be part of the reason. I think, to be fair, the racing hasn't been bad when I have caught it this year, but it's not exciting me. It's because it's competing for our attention and you know i think we have quite high standards we tend to watch the highest level of international motorsport you know we watch uh, le mans we watch formula one i watch indycar i know you guys catch it occasionally and i'll watch formula two but then i've run out of time to watch other series so you have to make decisions and i think that's why i haven't followed w series as closely as i should but I'm actually going to make it my business to be more engaged with it because I genuinely believe that what they're doing, giving a platform for young, talented female race drivers, and more than giving a platform, but now that they're on the intercontinental races in Formula One as well, they're going to be in Singapore, Austin and Mexico City this year. That's a huge step and it mirrors, Sarah, I think, the way that women's cricket, women's football is now getting attention from a broader audience yeah exactly so and that's what the goal is really to get as much exposure as possible because ultimately they want to be you know a money-making business themselves where there's more eyeballs and more bums on seats and that women can enjoy being professional sports people too so yeah that's the goal so hopefully you know some of these girls might become really good and they can be on a bigger stage than the w series like you say. Yeah, it's going to take a while because there will be a sort of a siphon effect where W Series will require more young female drivers and that's going to force or encourage perhaps young women to get into motorsport or stay in motorsport rather than drop out because what seems to happen is there are a lot of young female carters and then they get to about 16, 17 and they leave the sport. You know, the sport is dominated by 14 and 15 year old, I'm gonna say girls. Um, hang on, I think I just heard the doorbell. Excuse oh, me, one sec. hold on. Very good. Yeah, it's gonna be quite a slog for Leclerc for the rest of the year, isn't it? It's a real shame. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah, I was just looking at it. Had he won, so now the driver's standings is that Max Verstappen's on 233 points. Charles Leclerc is on 170. Yeah. If he had right. won, he'd be what? 195 yeah and max verstappen would have been on 200 and 220 well what's 33 what's minus 25 so he'd be on i don't know 206 or something or seven so yeah i'm back what have i missed we were commiserating about charles affair yeah ah yeah i wonder if the leclerc family have got any younger sisters because charles leclerc's younger brother Arthur, although I think it's Arthur, surely, but everyone calls him Arthur Leclerc. He's a very, very handy driver. Is he still in Formula 4 now? He's in a lesser category, but he's very good. So there's clearly something in the genes of the Leclerc family. Is there a Claire Leclerc, I wonder? Because we could have her in W Series, couldn't we? Do you know what? Have I said this on the programme before? You know, I love the way that's extreme E demands that teams have a 50-50 ratio between male and female driver. That's fantastic. That's a great way to represent. I think Le Mans 
ought to introduce a rule whereby at least one of your drivers has to be female. That would really up the ante, wouldn't it? It would up the sister and the daughter as well, if I can <laughs> make a bad pun. Sorry. Would you go along with that? What would be the drawbacks? It would change the sport dramatically, I think, in terms of fan base, but it would be a cultural change. It might take a couple of years for people to warm to that concept of having a male driver and a female driver. But yeah, Extreme E, that's exactly what they do. And it's a very positive thing, actually. It works for Extreme E. It's good. Zog, would you put a female driver in every car in Le Mans? Is that practical? Is it practical? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure... You could do it. I think what Sarah says about it being a bit of a shock to the system for the sport is quite true. It would be something that wouldn't, I think, have a fair amount of resistance. It would be a shock Uh to a lot of people. Could you and should you do it? I mean, you could do it because, for one thing, unlike with Formula E where you've got a 50-50 split, in this case, you only have to find one of your three seats for a woman driver. So there's... In terms of a field, suddenly having to find enough drivers and that kind of thing, and how many of the drivers a team might otherwise have chosen given either a freer rein or less imagination. Again, they're hanging on to more of the drivers than they would have hung to originally. You could do it. I'm really kind of agnostic on the question of whether it's a good idea. Mandating representation is the best way to improve equality and equal representation in equal opportunity in the sport. I'm really on the fence. <laughs> Sorry to be kind of wishy-washy about it. I'll tell you what it would do, though. It would take Jamie Chadwick out of W Series because one of the top teams, probably Toyota, would absolutely have to have her as one of the fastest young female drivers with endurance experience at the moment. You mentioned Sophia Flersch earlier on, didn't you, mm. Sarah? I think she raced at Le Mans a couple of years mm. ago. Was Tatiana Calderon in the car with her? But, you know, these are international quality race drivers. They are there. How would you do it? Would you mandate it that only the top teams have to have a female driver? Would you mandate it that only the GT teams have to have a female driver or the LMP2 or whatever that middle class is going to be LMDH in future I think you'd have to do it bit by bit wouldn't you you'd plant the idea I think if you were going to do it you would have to do it as a blanket thing across all the categories you wouldn't do it in GT rather than LMP1 or LMDH or whatever your current top category is no I think if you're going to do it because you decided it was a good idea you'd do it across the field hmm well I would welcome that it might be difficult because you have to find drivers who are of a standard you know who have experience at racing those cars at that level i know the system of bronze silver and gold drivers in the gt class allows people who are less experienced to race alongside those who are more experienced therefore up the ante so this is something that would take a number of years because you'd have to generally speaking oh forgive me generalizing but the female driver in number of cases you will have a smaller field of drivers to choose from so you're less likely to find someone with a wider experience or a higher level experience and there are arguably safety risks in that you can't put people at Le Mans who haven't driven at that sort of level before can you so maybe my idea is unworkable until we've got a greater number a greater selection of female drivers in 
Formula 3 and Formula 2 at least and other international GT events. I'm being too ambitious, Sarah? Ambition's a good thing, isn't it? Ambition's a very good thing. <laughs> no, I don't think you're being too ambitious, but I think it's good to put the ideas out there like that. Before we go, you know I'm talking about how motorsport competes for our attention. This weekend ahead, we've got another Formula One race in Hungary. We've got W Series again. And have we got an IndyCar race? I'm not sure if we've got an IndyCar race next weekend. But we've got the London E Prix this weekend as well. The Formula E race, which I don't even know where it is. So my question to you two is, has Formula E failed us motorsport fans? Mm, I think it's out near City Airport to start with, out sort of towards the east. City Airport, out in Docklands. Oh, they'll be doing it at Excel again, won't they? Correct, yes, exactly. I think it's around there. Uh, I think that it's not as... I mean, it's very cheap for manufacturers to be involved in. It's a lot cheaper for them to enter that series as opposed to Formula 1, obviously. Last year, Audi dropped out of Formula E. Yeah. There's a lot of manufacturers now that don't see the benefit of being part of it. Yeah. But I still think it will carry on, but nowhere near as prolific as what I think they thought it would be. So just the exposure of those electric cars. I think it's good to have that series because it does help build awareness of electric cars because it's, it's all headed that way. So a lot of people will need to buy an electric car when the laws change. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I don't think it's totally failed. I think it will stay there, but I just don't necessarily think it'll get the traction that they wanted. It certainly hasn't been a big success. At least that's the way I would look at it. I wanted to like it. I found the races were often not particularly engaging to me. The one event I actually went to, which was the first London race, was a very well-run, one of the better motorsports events that I've been to, and not just because it was the only one that I could kind of get a bus from my place to the circuit and back again. That was a nice bonus. That does help, yes. That was a very good event to attend. Yeah, but I haven't really been very excited by the racing. And yeah, as you say, Sarah, Audi dropped out. The manufacturers have come and gone. It seems like it hasn't really been getting the world excited about electric car racing. I suppose it's a difficult question about what the point of an electric car racing series is and how it relates to marketing electric vehicles and motor racing in general. The future of personal road transport is almost entirely electric rather than fossil fuel. Indeed. And it has to be. Motorsport has was, was always been a way for manufacturers you know, marketing their stuff. So if the stuff that road car companies are making in the future is entirely electric, then presumably you need an electric racing series to help sell those. A series that uses internal combustion engines doesn't do you any good. But motor races with internal combustion engines tend to be more exciting. The sound is better. Electric car racing has not yet demonstrated that it can be better than internal combustion engine car racing. Whereas electric cars have clearly demonstrated that they're better than internal combustion engine cars in some very important and in some critical respects. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting comparison. Complicated one. I think, Zog, if I can speak for you, that what you've just said is that essentially Formula E is the future. 
it's just not the future yet. I'm not sure that's exactly what I was trying to say, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I will accept your point of view as a respectable one there. But yeah, let's hope for a better future. Yeah, quite right too. Let's hope for a better future. My idea for the future, Sarah, is, you know, do you remember when, as a kid, your favourite comics or magazines merged? Mm. For instance, Tiger and Eagle merged, or... Radio-controlled models and electronics became radio-controlled models and electronics featuring free flight, or Tammy merged with Bunty Cummins. Yeah. Well, that's the way ahead. Consolidation. I reckon the answer is to merge Formula E with W Series to make it Formula Wii. Oh no, that's not going to work, is it? That's embarrassing. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. He was on. Goodbye. She was Sarah. Goodbye. And we'll be back soon. See ya. For information on how to contact the show, see pictures, get song lyrics, follow us on Twitter, find our Facebook fan page, or to sponsor the show, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!